0: Today's podcast is brought to you by drinkers like you. To help support the show, visit patreon.com slash haveadrinkshow.
1: Oh, God. I feel like I've been hit by a truck. At least we're done with tequila. What? We're doing two back-to-back tequila episodes? Oh, topic deserves it. So I guess we have to suck it up and line up the shots as we go. For tequila part two, Mexican boogaloo. <clears throat>
0: To have a drink, the show where you learn along with us about what you drink. I'm Brittany Lee Walker.
2: I'm Justin Frazier. I'm
1: Christopher Walker. (laughs) uh, They're they're doing it.
3: And I'm Casey Price.
1: Yeah. (laughs) I didn't
3: hear Chris on that one. Did he say anything? Yeah, he did. Oh, 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 I never heard him.
0: Because he did it all drunkenly or whatever. Oh, well.
2: Ah, shot, 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 we're on shots. our way up.
3: We decided to where that to special, the tequila again. We're
1: to that special point in this double back-to-back recording of uh, we're mixing uh, Red Bull with the tequila. Here uh, we go. You might
3: be. We're just taking straight tequila
1: shots. I am not that brave. <laughs>
3: it's just another tequila sunrise. At the I, beginning of this episode, we started with a full bottle of Espron Reposado. We are now below the label.
1: I was going to say, uh, no. By myself, I'm almost halfway through a bottle of the same thing.
2: It's a good show, guys.
1: <laughs> good show. Halfway through. Let's keep going.
2: <laughs> if
1: we're going to make
3: it through this episode, you know what we got to do, right? Get uh, right on to them announcements.
2: Yes. <laughs> I thought you were going to say you need to finish that bottle. Uh, and I'm uh, like, rated. Nope. I was getting ready. I was waiting here. Like shot,
0: to go shot, home shot, this shot, week. Shot, 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 shots. Oh, dear. Okay, well... Uh, we don't have um, because of the nature of this particular episode as uh, it is live the week before it will be posted. <laughs> uh, we don't have the updated movie draft just yet, but um, we do have the announcement for the next episode after it. So the episode uh, after this gets posted will be our 100th episode and there's no
2: way we've done 100 episodes.
3: <laughs>
0: Never. It's kind of weird. There's
2: no way we
3: should have done 100
0: episodes. (laughs) Uh, So we will be live on Twitch at 9 p.m. Eastern covering bad beer treatment tests uh, (laughs) on Saturday, September 1st. So we're starting off September with uh, just crazy stuff you shouldn't do to (laughs) do
1: it. it, No, September's going to be crazy. We're going to start September off with the 100th episode. Mm -hmm. And then we're going to be very quickly on the heels Coming up with our third anniversary episode, which will also be... Oktoberfest. Oktoberfest Cincinnati!
2: Ah, <laughs> uh, the, the high holy days have come Frost. again.
1: No, so uh, due to timing issues on their parts, but it's coming back to awesomeness for us, Oktoberfest Cincinnati is the same weekend as Oktoberfest Newport. Two cities literally only separated by a river... They're doing their Oktoberfest the same weekend, so they're basically turning into a river-wide festival, and Newport is doing a traditional Oktoberfest tent-style Oktoberfest, so you have to reserve spots at different tents Ooh, to go a party.
2: I've got three days off.
1: Yeah, it's going to be absolutely insane, and we really have to try and plan this one out. Otherwise, What's it's- that weekend? And it's the, and it's the first weekend. It's
0: uh, the weekend of fall. Uh, September 21st.
1: Yes. Gonna be nuts, guys.
3: You know what's nuts about that? Oh, wow. I'll be a GABF.
1: Yeah, that's how it worked oh. last year. Yeah. yeah. And, Unfortunate. Uh, we, w- we were almost going to run it as a news story this week. But the official list of all the breweries <laughs> who are going to be at GABF has been released. I haven't released. seen this yet. Yes, it is out. Uh, you can go to the beer subreddit and it's on it's there. Mm. It's a massive list. So while Casey doesn't come, get to come to this dueling Oktoberfest,
2: he does. <laughs> he it needs to be done with tubas. <laughs> <Yeah>.
1: <laughs> he will be at GABF, reporter in the field. and uh, we're We'll be to- drunk
3: in two different zip codes. Yes. Two different time uh, zones. Two different time zones.
1: So uh, we will have to do some in-the-field reporting from uh, Casey while he's on the floor. He'll it'll have to be pre-recorded as it becomes an internet black hole, and no can make it out. It's the worst
3: internet. They they know this though. They know this. This is why they make their app not have to access the internet.
1: Genius, really. Hmm. So that's why you take pictures of everything and you pre-record <laughs> everything you can and then we'll call you at your hotel room and get you to do some things for us.
3: The worst part about this is I bought two tickets back-to-back. I bought two days' worth of GABF.
2: Oh. Got two tickets to paradise. <laughs> so
3: <laughs> I'm, pacing is key. Much like tonight these <laughs> episodes are.
0: Uh. Just, so I I did the oh my gosh thing uh, because I just went for some reason I went to um, Octoberfest Cincinnati's website. There's a new sponsor this year. Ooh, could um, be. not not to replace Have Sam Adams. Sam Adams is
1: still the main sponsor, right?
0: Yeah, uh, well they are now the co-main sponsor. Oh, with Amazon.
1: What? <laughs> yes. Okay. I their need...
3: new shipping facility. Yeah, it's true. I need drones Dr- bringing me beer as. <laughs> Has to happen. You know, we've we've talked in the like Amazon does same
1: day beer deliveries in Cincinnati.
3: And why do you leave your house?
1: Because they're not (laughs) in Cincinnati.
3: Oh. Because
1: we're still in Kentucky where that where the liquor comes from but doesn't get delivered to. So all the Amazon warehouses are in Kentucky and they're taking the liquor from Kentucky to people in Ohio. And all of us in Kentucky just sit here with big dry tears.
0: Hmm.
3: Beer delivery is okay in Kentucky now, though, as of this year. Mm. So look for it. It's going to happen.
1: All right. Well, (sighs) uh, speaking of uh, the opposite of beer delivery, how about uh, getting out there for some Scotch travels?
2: Yeah. Indeed. Uh.
1: Hit you with a little news this week. Uh, We're not going to leave you guys high and dry, even though there is not a brand new news episode. So, uh, whiskey lovers know no bounds when it comes to the pursuit of a weed dram. It's a big reason uh, whiskey tourism has boomed as far as Tasmania in the Southern Hemisphere up through Japan.
2: I can get Tasmanian whiskey?
1: Oh, yes. Mm. Uh, I don't know
2: how it is, but I want it now.
1: Tasmania (laughs) in the Southern Hemisphere up through Japan and into several soggy corners of the UK. The latest destination, Scotland's Outer Hebrides. As, out as far as northwest as you can go in the country, where four distilleries have teamed up to draw you out that extra mile, or 115 miles technically, the new Hebridean Whiskey Trail, a 115-mile pilgrimage, can take you by road and ferry that officially launched yesterday. Uh, connects relative newcomers in the Scottish distilling scene with centuries-old whiskey makers from the Isles of Harris and the Isle of Skye, the legendary Isle of Skye.
2: You know, they, I, f- I feel like someone had just stapled the bourbon trail notes <laughs> on a bourbon barrel when they sent it to Scotland for <laughs> Scotch use. You and this. they went, oh, maybe we should do this. <laughs> got,
3: it already got s- like,
2: stuck in a
1: truck on the way mm-hmm. as it drove to Scotland.
2: And they went, wait. They have some tourism thing where they just connect all of their.
1: So that's been a thing for several years in Scotland, and uh, that's not just retracing the footsteps of Ron Swanson when he went to the UK. Uh, it's likely are you'd big footsteps. <laughs> it's likely you'd man. Start- this guy
3: Ron. Let me just say, I know I'm. I'm I know I'm off topic, which means I'm getting a little drunk. I can tell that, but Ron Swanson built his own canoe. Yes. Not uh, only Nick, Offer- Nick Offerman. Nick Offerman. Yeah. Not only paddled his own canoe, built it, but built it too. Yeah. No. And there's a YouTube video series of how he built. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Well, I want to do this. And
1: they, have they also have their own show about? now. Have you read both Did of they, his books? Uh, I have read Gumption yet. Read... A, I have an autographed copy of Gumption, and it's pretty great.
0: Oh. Uh, they also he also has his own show now with uh, Amy Poehler. Yes. Um,
2: it's I, a
1: reality show have... about woodworking.
2: I no. Well, it's, it's not about,
1: woodworking. It's about being self-produced and self-made.
2: Well, yeah. <laughs> That's if it was about woodworking, I would actually be more in for it. It's but. more
1: like woodshedding.
2: <laughs> no, it's like, hey, we're gonna make this little, like, crafty thing. But it's it's not necessarily all I'm, woodworking. I'm sure oh, there's a okay. deal
1: of woodworking, and a, a sure way to get to any final round is to show up and be decent at woodworking. And Nick Offerman, <laughs> what have you got here?
2: I've built a canoe. <laughs> he wins.
1: Out of a single log and my own bare hands with no tools. Nick Offerman is just going to give it's him a-, a slow, silent nod. <laughs> he
2: wins. Sorry, I'm just picturing him now with like fake bare hands. <laughs>
1: yeah.
2: I'm like, like I have a genetic condition where I only have these bare paws, <laughs> wow. but I still manage to work.
1: All right, we're off topic. <laughs> uh, it,
2: so back tequila to tequila is
1: talking. <laughs> back to the New Hebrides Scotch oh, Trail. It's likely it's, here. it's likely you'd start at the southernmost point at oh, as was recently pointed out to me, we cannot pronounce Scotch. Nope. No. I dare. I never claimed I could. I dare anyone to be able to correctly pronounce any of these Scotch names because I guarantee if you think you can, take it to a Scottish person and they're going to laugh at you.
0: It's basically I a different knew. language.
1: Let's be serious.
3: I never knew you could pronounce consonants as vowels. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's Scottish! Hey, it makes been. no sense! You've never had
2: a conversation with a Welshman. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah. So, uh, Torabeg Distillery? I don't know, someone's Tora. laughing. Torabeg Distillery, uh, open since uh 2017, fairly young. And just the second ever distillery on uh, photogenic mountainous sky. Sky is also known mm. as the Foodie Hub. Uh, that's according to Traveler's Mark.
3: So, the Isle of Sky now has a second distillery?
1: Yes. Uh, that is, sure. if you're wondering, I believe Isle of Sky is also uh, what was used in uh, the last Star Wars movie to be the home of the Jedi, like the ancient Jedi temples. Mm. Uh, from there, it's 36 miles northwest to Talisker Distillery, the oldest on the trail. Uh,
3: Uh, and and the only other one on
1: that aisle i believe right yeah they're from uh circa 1830 is when talisker (laughs) was founded Uh, home of the finest views that come with your single malt overlooking the dramatic peaks of the collins
2: i want to go there just
1: period Mm. i was about to when i did study abroad and then our professor's hopes and dreams got shut down when the person have a drink
3: europe 2040 (laughs)
1: 2040 yeah that's about how long it'll take us to save up uh (laughs) stop number three is the isle of Race distillery uh a 25 minute ferry ride from the coastal town of Skonser on sky you're basically coming uh to racey for the distillery, the island has a population of 192. That's from <laughs> 2001. It's,
2: feels like more than my hometown. <laughs> it's probably.
1: a it's alluring from the water. Its hills so jagged that it can only be <laughs> Dragonland. Uh, I'm
3: assuming everyone works at the distillery.
1: Probably the whiskey makers uh, started welcoming visitors in January and offer overnight lodging in the form of en suite bedrooms. At Boradel House.
2: All right. right. Uh, Casey, I'm going to need you to search that on Google so we can uh, book us a room right
3: now. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. In 2040.
1: uh, Quote Mm -hmm. here, we're delighted to be part of the Hebridean Whiskey Trail. Alcider Day, co-founder of Ressay Distillery, said in an email, all four distilleries have been discussing this for what seems like a long time now. It has been a great experience to work uh, as part of a collaborative group. We hope that we have created an opportunity for people to experience heritage, uh, the provenance of all three islands, and four very different Scotch whiskey distilleries. Finally, it's on to the final stop, the Isle of Harris Distillery, the one spot with a gin that's also worthy, and within 10 mm. miles of beautiful white sand beaches in Scotland. Uh, well, Okay, we've been saying this completely wrong as we've been uh, corrected so it is not, uh, what, how we were saying, Glenn Morangy is how we had been, uh, mispronouncing it. Oh, Glen Morangy. I believe I, I, I'm too. It's,
2: it's pronounced Jeff.
1: Jeff, <laughs> yes. It's the Jeffrey. Oh, God. So, uh, can't, that's, be mad
2: at, can't be angry at Jeffrey. He's just some bloke down the street.
1: <laughs> so the director here, uh, has been saying that the quality has been high since the distillery Wait. opened in 2015.
3: So how is it pronounced? You can't just leave me like that. Jeffrey.
1: Jeffrey, we told you. How is it actually pronounced? (laughs) I'm too drunk to remember. No, I'm annoyed. Don't ask me. (laughs) In fact, more than 80,000 people visited in in 2017 alone. Look, I told you, I'm crap at this. (laughs) Well, that
3: means we have to take a shot, you know.
1: Go for it. The guest services manager at the distillery says she hopes... The whiskey trail will keep people coming back to the ends of the earth for a dram. And I completely would. A primer on drinking whiskeys across Scotland. Don't call it scotch. It's all scotch. You're in Scotland. <laughs> Here it's whiskey without an E. Since whiskey with an E is typically Irish. Uh, if you like smoky, peaty whiskey, mm-hmm. probably want to visit uh, Froilig, uh Ardbeg, Lagavulin, on the isle of isla then is it definitely not, the, is the is isle that I, was definitely not Laphroaig, how that's pronounced lafroig uh, the isle of isle is kind of like the isle of island like uh, that's it's kind of weird what, as well what about
2: the isles of Langerhands? <laughs> isla
1: oban uh, distillery on the coast has great seafood nearby and is only 3 hours you sold me right there. <laughs> 3 hour train ride from Glasgow. I wish I had known that when I was in Glasgow. Oysters. Nothing Oysters. nothing nothing good happens in Glasgow, especially Couple in the subway. Muscles. Uh what oh. <laughs> want more whiskey follow the uh country's other whiskey trail, the malt whiskey trail in Moray Speyside, home to the world's largest concentration of whiskey distilleries. So uh also we didn't have this on our list of things, but I drunkenly Feel like we need to mention that. Uh, what is it? Castle not and Key. I soberly mentioned it. No, oh, no, yeah, yeah. Castle and Key, uh, September 13th. 19th. 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 I always miss that date. September 19th. December 37th. <laughs> it, yeah. <It's laughs> the,
2: the 70th <laughs> of September. 19th. We <laughs> shall remember.
1: 19th! There now are...
0: I'm going to double check because I'm just. Because yeah, we were you've, both. set a different the first date time. literally every time. <laughs>
1: Either way, they are officially opened. Uh, you can act of the nineteenth. You can go and visit. It is, I think it's ticketed, and it's probably going to be absolutely insane to get in down there.
0: It's on a weekday too, which I found annoying. But
1: their grounds are open for visitors as of the nineteenth. So go ahead and check out. And in case you're wondering and living under a rock, that's going to be the hottest new bourbon distillery.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So everyone's going to want to check that out and if you're looking for more news sorry to say guys there is not a new news show this week uh you can check out last week's episode which was pretty fun again yes hit it again you you never know you may have missed something hey i
2: re-listen to podcasts a lot actually
1: just not ours definitely september 19th
2: can't stand my own voice i understand that
0: september 19th which is a wednesday that's
1: stupid everybody call off work uh we're going (laughs) we're going down but until uh, September nineteenth, we're going to be still sipping on uh, on our topic, which is what again?
0: <laughs> Alright, it's the last time I get to use it, so we're just,
1: you know. We, we've not been drinking tequila for three hours, you've been, you, you're you drunk. I don't...
0: <laughs>
2: this, is,
3: this is the start, it's a good thing we're getting both episodes done right now, because we're those people that'll never be able to hear the word tequila again.
2: You're not as drink as you drunk I am. Indeed.
1: <laughs> so salty.
2: Anyway, so... For the basics, t- basics of tequila, check out the last episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is part two. So instead of doing the history and talking about agave and how it's made, the nice thought sort of spinning bits. And, Indeed. Uh, this week, we are going to be doing a deeper dive into styles of tequila. The difference between a mezcal and tequila and why your tequila may suck. Mm. Uh, and the types of drinks that are popular with tequila, especially the history of the classic margarita. Margarita, margarita. How do Wrong language. Okay. Uh, tequila can be aged in barrels in order to add flavor and mellow its character. Compared to scotch or bourbon, the amount of tequila, the amount of time tequila spends in a barrel is much less. The barrels used, however, are identical. In fact, tequila uses bourbon barrels in order to produce its product. Man, the bourbon industry is just like, man, we can't use these barrels again. Everyone, you get a barrel. You get a barrel. (laughs) Look under your seats. Everyone gets a barrel. Your seat is a barrel. For a
1: gradually rising price. Uh, Let's go ahead. Yeah, well,
2: look, they only make so much bourbon. Everybody wants to make liquor. It used to be...
1: At, at our wedding, I remember the two of you gleefully rolling barrels away from <laughs> Buffalo Trace. Now Getting that, stopped
3: by security.
1: But now that does not happen. They do not let the general public purchase the spent barrels. <laughs> that is no longer a thing. Yeah. So that barrel sitting outside of Casey's that was used for, like, one beer and now is completely destroyed is a relic Wanted. of the past.
3: One and done. And it's it's not destroyed. It's just got some age on it. I'll probably turn it into a table eventually.
2: <laughs> uh, anyway, um, the a new oak barrel may cause the flavor to be too intense and overpower the liquor. Uh, the manufacturer may choose, however, to recharge the barrel in order to clear out some of the uh, old flavors and resurface it. Which, yeah, fair. I, I imagine, like... Tequila barrel, because like you, you know, you're finding like tequila barrel beers now. I imagine they're probably in the same boat as a, a rum barrel aging, where it's like, just keep reusing that barrel till it's
1: falling you, you apart. You're just duct just taping thin. it.
2: <laughs> Indeed. Uh, anyway, uh, silver tequila is not put into a barrel; hence, why it's silver. Uh, it's just a pure spirit bottled shortly after distillation. Technically, it uh, can be aged less than two months in a neutral oak barrel, but that would give it no additional flavor. A uh, reposado, or rested tequila, uh, Hmm. is placed in a barrel at minimum of two months, uh, but less than a year. The barrel can be of any size as well. Uh, larger uh, Larger barrels will give it less character, while smaller ones will impart a more aggressive wood color and flavor. Uh, Repasado, my favorite for margaritas. Hmm. Hmm. Anejo tequilas uh, means mean aged or vintage and are placed in a barrel between one year and less than three years. The barrel must also be smaller, like a bourbon barrel. Uh, this variety can't just hang out in a large uh, 10,000 uh, barrel vat since it won't accumulate any additional wood character. Also probably guess couldn't handle a 100,000
0: <laughs> Hundred thousand, maybe mm-hmm. not. Yeah, that's a lot of lot it's of a barrel. A lot
2: of barrel.
3: I, I want to get the math on that. It's like when we when we decide the math on what it takes to get a bird drunk.
2: Yeah, right. We need to oh. figure that out. <laughs> uh, that this used to be the oldest variety you can get. Uh, now, however, you can find extra añejo or ultra aged mm. tequilas. <laughs> uh, these super premium drinks are aged at a minimum of three years in an oak barrel. This is a new category established only in 2006. Which (laughs) makes me think, man, it's such a new category. (laughs) How? What? what? (laughs) Yep. Tequila
3: on average are young. Mm -hmm. Is tequila the, I guess it would be tequilas, right? What's the plural of tequila?
1: Tequilas.
2: Tequilas. Okay, so you do add the S. Uh, Yeah, like tequila I think isn't that same thing as like gin and uh uh vodka where you don't actually age them super long no whiskeys it's it's all about how long you've kept it in there That's but what? you don't often hear someone you know brag about their their 20-year tequila yeah not yet
1: <laughs> yet it's all about that age about that age
2: Ooh. oh my back um trouble. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, tequila has other regulations that make it the drink that it is today. Uh, the Norma Oficial Mexicana, or NOM, applies to all, uh, all processes and activities related to the supply of agave, production, bottling, marketing, information, and business practices linked to the distilled alcoholic beverage known as tequila. Tequila must be produced using agave from the species te- tequiliana, Weber Blue variety, uh, which is grown in the federal states and mini- municipalities indicated in the declaration. Yeah, that was 181
3: different municipalities that are that are kind of set aside as being the tequila
2: cities. They're champagne. Exactly.
3: Yeah. You know, it's, it, the nom of Mexico is like the, the uh, appellacion de-, de.
2: Oh yeah. De fancy pants.
3: Yep of
2: any other French nation. Uh, okay, oh, so, uh, real quick. Okay, new plan. 25-year tequila. Start now. Enjoy at my retirement party. Do it.
3: <laughs> you right. can probably buy your own tequilas right now, silver tequilas. Get a barrel, barrel.
2: and age your, your own tequila. Yeah. Hmm. Perfect.
3: Let's do this right now.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: See you guys later. <laughs> Play the music, Brittany. <laughs>
2: All right. Uh, furthermore, NOM establishes the technical specifications and legal requirements for the protection of the uh, appellation of the Origin of Tequila, in ordinance with the current uh, General Declaration of Protection under the appellation of uh, Origin of Tequila, the law and industry property law, and the federal consumer protection law, and other legal provisions. And that's just in Mexico.
3: Yeah. <laughs> uh, Canada and... The U.S. have additional laws on top of that. Mm -hmm.
2: Uh, All authentic regulated tequilas will have a NOM identifier on the bottle. The number after the NOM is uh, the distillery number uh, assigned by the government. NOM does not indicate the location of the uh, distillery, merely the parent company or, in the case of the company which uh, leaves spaces in a plant, the physical plant where uh, tequila was manufactured.
3: So, the two bottles of Jose Cuervo Gold and 1800 that we have here today, they both have 1122, while the Espalon that we have today has 1440 as the number. Chris, does yours have 1440 on the back? I'm Should be just above the barcode.
1: Just above the barcode?
3: Should say yep. N-O-M and then yep. have a number.
1: 1440
3: CRT? Yep. Uh, so, that means that that company that produced yours and the company that produced mine are are the same ones. Um, you, the only time it would change would be if Esplan was sold to a different company. Mm.
1: Delicious.
2: <laughs> well, one key dilemma that many tequila novices face is the difference between mezcal and tequila. The difference comes down to uh, comes down to law. Much like bourbon uh, must be made in the United States, tequila must be made in the region surrounding tequila, Mexico. Uh, additionally, tequila must uh, must be made only from blue agave and contain uh, at least 51% of its fermentables from that source. All tequilas are Mezcals, but not all Mezcals are tequilas.
1: In the same sense that yeah. all bourbons are whiskey, but not all whiskeys are whiskey. bourbons. All,
2: all champagne is uh, wine, but not all no wine, wine is champagne.
0: So many tricky things in the world of liquor. Yes. <laughs>
2: it's just it's just square and rectangles. Yeah. It's
0: how we... <laughs>
2: Trixie
3: Liquors. So the- Ooh, Trixie Liquors should be...
1: Uh- <laughs> All right, so there are differences in the types of agave used in each, but they are produced similarly. Uh, tequila, however, is the king of production. For every single bottle of mezcal produced, there are 200 bottles of tequila made. Tequila is recognized as a Mexican designation of origin product in more than 40 countries. Uh, It's protected through NAFTA in Canada and the United States through bilateral agreements with individual countries such as Japan and Israel and has been uh, protected designation of origin product in the constituent constituent countries of the European uh, European Union. Since 1997, it has quite an economic power that Mexico is well aware of. If uh, you see a worm in your bottle of agave liquor, you know it's a mezcal. (laughs) Tequila and traditional mezcals do not contain a worm. The Tequila Regulatory Council does not allow gusanos, or worms, or scorpions to be included in tequila bottles. I've never heard of the scorpion thing at all. (laughs) I have seen it. I dared not drink it. Uh, the reason I, some... I was going
2: to say, I've seen it in, uh, um, what's-his-name movies?
1: Uh, oh.
2: Uh,
1: uh, Robert uh, Rodriguez. Robert uh, yeah. oh. Along with your uh, piss-worm Chango. Right. <laughs> uh, the reason some mezcals contain uh, the critters comes down to one thing. Marketing. The worm is actually the larval form of the moth Hypopta? Agavis, which lives on the agave plant, finding one of the plant during its uh, processing indicates an infestation, and correspondingly a lower quality product. Mezcal companies added them to their bottles as a way to draw attention and encourage consumption. Hmm. I gotta say, it probably worked. Yeah. yeah,
3: get to the bottom of that bottle, cause uh, last one there has to drink the worm. <laughs> there are two types I Got us a worm. We could have done the Lady in the Tramp.
1: <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> there are two types of tequila. 100% blue agave and mixtos tequilas uh, made with 51% agave and other adjunct sugars. Hmm. The most popular tequila brand in the world is Jose Cuervo, is a mixtos uh, it is also the first kind of tequila introduced in the U.S. on a massive scale, and it was also the first tequila I had, and what I based my entire opinion on tequila, and I am, as of tonight, sorely regretting that.
0: Yeah.
1: Because most,
0: Because um, it is not real tequila in reality. Like- if
1: you get anything that is colored from them, and look at the bottle, it will say, smoke, liquid smoke flavoring added. Yeah. That liquid it probably say, never saw a barrel.
2: It will say, smoke on the water,
1: fire, fire in, in the sky. sky. In 1758, Don Jose Antonio de Cuervo was issued a land grant by King Ferdinand VI sixth. Sixth of Spain.
3: <laughs> Brittany's counting for Chris at this
0: point. I, I'm helping all of those drinking the tequila.
1: <laughs> you don't understand. These words come in and out of focus. But it was in the town of Tequila. Uh, here his family founded the Tarbina de Cuervo. The farm. We did
3: give him the hardest part oh, with all good. the words. All the
1: Spanish names. Yeah, no, <laughs> let, let's put that on the drunk. Uh, the farm where they would cultivate the harvest, the blue agave plant. The first vino mezcal de tequila de Jose Cuervo was made in 1795. Just a year. <laughs> So, yeah, they're they're getting in there. So, uh, after Don Jose Antonio de Cuervo's son Jose, oh my God, Jose Maria Guadalupe de Cuervo, yeah,
3: was granted. (laughs) He's my new interpreter when we go on that (laughs) that Mexican or South American uh, uh, have a drink show trip.
1: (laughs) Was granted a permit from uh, King Carlos VI of Spain to produce tequila commercially. Fourth. Fourth? Oh, yeah, it's on the other side. Following a time of prohibition under King Carlos III, by 1880, the Cuervo family had begun individually bottling tequila for commercial distribution. Cuervo was the first distiller to bottle tequila at a time when other distillers were still using barrels. Uh, Tequila was known as Mezcal de Tequila until 1893 when tequila makers... And the Mexican government dropped the mezcal from the name in Which
2: 18- clearly did not make anything any less <laughs> less confusing.
1: No it, no, it really did not help <laughs> matters. In 1873, Don Senovio Sousa, from administrator of La Antigua Cruz Distillery, purchased the distillery. Look, okay, you all thought we had problems with uh, with <laughs> German. <laughs> <laughs> Wait until you introduce Latin to us and uh, <laughs> some uh, South American stuff. Uh, no, no, no. I, I did not take any Spanish. You say the word. I'm lost. So uh, Yeah, yeah, the Spanish. Uh, Sales so I had previously leased La. Oh my
0: god. Where are we at? La Antigua Cruise Distillery? Or
1: La. La.
3: Gala- ah, uh, La- so, La- Gallardina. Guayadenia, because yeah, two L's oh, makes a Y. Yeah.
1: oh yeah, Guayadenia distillery uh, for production, and he later purchased this distillery as well. Salza also bought a distillery from Vincent Orind Orindain in 1889.
2: Orindain uh, I was about to go Vincent Price <laughs> <laughs> in
1: 1889. Uh, the former Cuervo employee would found Salza Tequila and become Cuervo's great rival. Uh, yep. so I'm saying, So.
3: Salsa and Jose Cuervo are still to this day kind of back and forth on brands. It, it's kind of funny.
2: Salsa used to be our well tequila. Yep. And oh, yeah. I, we would buy a lot more of it and use a lot more of it, but people would ask for Jose. Right.
0: Mm. Well, yeah, because it's all they know. I'm sad. Yeah. <laughs> Some t- uh,
3: these two were kind of going back and forth on being the first to come into America as well. Or, The United States, I
1: guess, would be more appropriate. Yeah, they were already in America.
3: Yeah, the United States would be more appropriate.
1: Some say tequila was first exported to the U.S. in 1873 when Salsa sold three barrels to El Paso del Norte in Texas. This was the beginning of the export market for tequila. Along with Salsa Cuervo began to dominate the tequila industry in the 1940s. Tequila first made significant inroads into the United States during Prohibition Era, of course, when it was smuggled from Mexico into southwestern U.S. states. Tequila made further uh, advances in the U.S. during World War II, when many U.S. distilleries switched to war-related uh, production, and there were restrictions on European imports. Uh, Then in the 1980s, more American tourists visited Mexico, discovering tequila, according to the Distilled Spirits Council of the United States. U.S. demand for tequila has risen over the years, with 12 million cases shipped in the U.S. in 2012, Uh, Mm -hmm. a a 54% increase as compared to a decade earlier. The fastest growing segment has been super premium blue agave spirits. In 1989, the Beckman family sold 45% of Jose Cuervo to international distillers and vintners uh, traded with IDV, I'm guessing. I don't know if
3: they're traded, but just from now on, if it comes back up, we'll just refer to it as IDV.
1: A division of Grand Metropolitan PLC. In 1997, Grand Metropolitan was renamed Diageo. Sounds a little familiar (gasps) now, doesn't it? (laughs) (laughs) And would be Jose Cuervo's main distributor outside of Mexico until 2013. Starting in 2011, Diageo, uh, the world's largest liquor maker, was in talks to acquire Jose Cuervo from the Beckman family, Uh, for in excess of $3 billion after it was unable to acquire the brand Diageo But hold up.
3: Hold up there. So Diageo, Constellation Brands, let's let's go back and forth between the two. Diageo wants to buy Jose Cuervo, which is basically a third of all the tequila (laughs) sold in the United States.
0: Yeah.
3: And pay $3 billion, but... Constellation comes in and buys a beer brand that is probably less than a tenth of a percent of all the
2: beer in the U.S. for a billion dollars. There's a reason we think they're cleaning house.
1: And and, uh, what was it uh, last time we were talking about? Uh, What did they pay for more shares in a cannabis company? Oh, yeah, yeah.
2: They really like billion.
1: (laughs) Yeah. A million is just
2: not
0: enough. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah.
1: After it was able to acquire the brand, Diageo announced in December of 2012 that it would end the U.S. distribution deal. In a deal first announced in March 2013, uh, Proximo Spirits, a company owned by the Beckman family, took over Jose Cuervo's distribution beginning in July of 2013.
3: Yeah, so basically, uh, they couldn't come to, to an agreement on selling the whole brand, so... Uh, said, fine, then we're not going to take your stuff. And then the Beckman family came in and said, great, we'll just take the money for distributing it too.
0: Yeah. It was, it sounds like a very take my ball and go home, you know?
2: I think so. Yeah. They had a lot of time watching them do it. (laughs) They go, oh, so that's how you distribute things.
3: Just hire the same employees that you just fired and we'll go from there.
1: Exactly. Pretty much.
0: Uh, although some tequilas have remained as family owned brands. Most well-known tequila brands are owned by large, multinational corporations. However, over 100 distilleries make over 900 brands of tequila in Mexico, and over 2,000 brand names have been registered. Uh, It's huge. In 2003, Mexico issued a proposal that would require all Mexican-made tequila be bottled in Mexico before being exported to other countries. The Mexican government said that bottling tequila in Mexico would guarantee its quality. Liquor companies in the U.S. said Mexico may have just wanted to create bottling jobs in their own country. But the proposal might have resulted in the loss of jobs at plants in California, Arkansas, Missouri, and Kentucky. Because Mexican tequila exported in bulk to the U.S. is bottled in those plants. I did not know about the Kentucky one. Um, I think we,
3: in Kentucky, we have a... I think it's a Diageo brand that Mm. is bottled here.
0: That that would make sense, I guess. Um, Mm. On uh, January 17th, 2006, the U.S. and Mexico signed an agreement allowing the continued bulk import of tequila into the United States. Uh, The agreement also created a tequila bottlers registry to identify approved bottlers of tequila and created an agency to monitor the registry. So there's a lot of regulations around tequila. I'm just putting... (laughs) That's the theme right now. Um, The Tequila Regulatory Council of Mexico (laughs) originally did not permit flavored tequila to carry the tequila name. In 2004, the council decided to allow flavored tequila to be called tequila with the exception of 100% agave tequila, which still cannot be flavored.
3: So, yeah, you can't put that 100% agave label on there. But that's how you get the tequila brands like Tequila Rose, which is a a mm. cream strawberry tequila. Oh, what yeah, about yeah. Tequila Mockingbird? <laughs> tequila Mockingbird. That is the that name of my... Exist, right? uh, I've got to come up with a band name. Uh, Good Charlotte?
1: No. Uh, no cover band? No. no I was not. thinking
3: of something dark and
0: dreary. Yeah, but, but that's the not name them.
1: That's no. the name of my ZZ Top cover band. Or my fog hat cover
0: band, maybe mm. fog hat. <sighs> All right. Anyway, um, to the latest <coughs> version Sorry, of, buddy. catch twenty-two cover band. No, that's true. Uh, the mm-hmm. latest version of the tequila standard also updated the standard to specify that the silver class of tequila cannot contain additives to allow the aging time for the ultra aged class to be displayed on the label, and it prohibits the commercialization of bulk tequila. <laughs> through vending machines and required registering the agave during the calendar year of its plantation
1: and required annual updates if you're buying your tequila from a vending machine something's gone wrong yeah that that (laughs) alone was like had
3: me curious your life has
1: taken a turn that no one expected
3: (laughs) what what does a tequila vending machine look like like where does this come from? Is it is it across a bar where you you pay your money just like normal, but then they press a button and it's cold
2: tequila coming out? No, it's it's gotta be like those ice cream vending machines where it, it goes down and it suction cups one of them up and then just slowly <laughs> sets it down into the
0: my, my first thought was Japan, because they have vending machines for gotta straight up everything.
1: They have vending machines for cars. Yeah.
0: Um like whole meals. <laughs>
2: It's a big machine
0: (laughs) Uh,
3: (laughs) I love this idea though Because I hate talking to people
0: (laughs) Yeah I mean I'm always on board with those
1: Get the metal Um, man out of there
0: Tequila may be the base liquor But when it comes to volume The margarita is king The margarita is most likely a construction Of the prohibition movement in America And like many things Served in a Mexican restaurant American derived (laughs) Pre-Prohibition in Southern California, a cocktail called the Daisy was very popular. The drink usually contained brandy, syrup, lemon, and orange liquor, uh, shaken and then topped with seltzer. Drinkers at the time were in such close proximity to the Mexican border they would hop over and grab a drink. With them, they brought their taste for they, sweetened liquor. Brittany, would
2: they grab a drink or were they? They would have a drink. Have, have a, a drink. drink for branding.
0: <laughs> Uh, these prohibition dodgers would go across the border and ask for a daisy <laughs> <laughs> heard that uh, in Mexico oh. <laughs> that was my
3: simple syrup dispenser yeah
0: uh, in Mexico uh, the um, the Brady I don't know what that means Brady was in short supply but the tequila flowed uh, these Americans were greeted with the translation of Daisy when they were they, when they asked for the drink Margarita. Uh, you see, daisy in Spanish is margarita. Uh, the brandy was substituted and, uh, with tequila and limes for lemons, and the modern-day cocktail was born. Americans post-prohibition began importing more tequila and mixing up the Mexican daisy. But no good deed goes unpunished. <laughs> the mar- margarita spent nearly 50 years in its own limelight of a classic and well-made cocktail until that horrible question was asked. Would you like that on the rocks or frozen?
2: Monsters.
0: <laughs> the invention of the frozen margarita machine was the brain child of Mexican, of Mexican American and Dallas, Texas native Mariano Martinez. He used his father's margarita recipes in his restaurant and made a blended margarita, but his bar staff couldn't keep up with the high demand. 200 blended margaritas were made every night from a single blender. Drinks were not consistent, and his head bartender even threatened to quit over the stress. Mm -hmm. Uh, When walking into a local 7-Eleven store, he noticed a Slurpee machine and decided what he had to do. He tried to purchase the machine from 7-Eleven and other suppliers, but they wouldn't sell it to him, saying that it wouldn't work and alcohol won't freeze. On May 11th, 1971 he purchased a used ice cream machine and modified it as well as uh the recipe to create frozen margaritas he added sugar to aid in the freezing they moved the machine to his bar and his customers started asking for his frozen margaritas the machine now resides in the Smithsonian's American History Museum don't
2: recall that the last time i was there
3: <laughs> since 90 <laughs> 90- oh, sorry not 96 2006 2005 Run then,
2: I don't think it was there when I was there.
3: Probably not then, yeah. If you were in high school, probably not. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so the classic glassware for the margarita is a double bowl shaped glass on a stem made to keep the drink up and cold while also being made for the volume that is required in a frozen or an iced drink. Takes up a lot of space. The origin of the iconic margarita glass is somewhat of a mystery. As is the case with so many popular items, there is more than one story. One of the most prevalent, however, is that the glass evolved as a restaurant in Los Angeles. They ordered new champagne glasses and set, a set of peculiarly shaped ones were accidentally delivered. The bartender suggested use them as margarita glasses since they looked bigger and could potentially command a higher price. The glass itself does look similar to a champagne glass. The style is said to be shaped after Marie Antoinette's left breast—not the right one, the left <laughs> that's one.
0: really specific. Okay. Yes.
3: <laughs> Moving from the margarita, other to other classic tequila drinks, you have the Paloma, my favorite out of the margarita or the tequila drinks. The mm-hmm. cocktail is said to be Mexico's preferred te- tequila drink when not consuming it neat. Actually, that's that's their best way is just sipping it. Mm. it's a little harder for me to do but (laughs) i can can see that the drink contains 2.5 ounces of tequila a squeeze of lime juice tablespoon of sugar and 2.5 ounces of fresh squeezed grapefruit juice shaken then stirred and then poured in a salt rimmed glass and topped with club soda
0: Huh. ours is slightly different than that
3: uh, it is delicious um also, with the grapefruit juice, I'm sure, interferes with lots of medications out there. Uh, as Patrone or as Chipop <laughs> says, I don't know where I got Patron out of that. As <laughs> Chipop says in the chat, my, my, my Paloma. Yes. According to uh, Teresa Finney on Tells of the Cocktail.com, and this is directly from there, the history of the drink is obscure. No one knows for sure who invented the Paloma. Some credit the legendary Don Javier Delgado Corona. Well, he's got a whole lot of drink history in his name. <laughs> Owner of the beloved La Capilla Bar. I don't know how to take that. Named, uh, Aptly named town, uh, in the aptly named town of tequila in Jalisco, Mexico. Since Corona is also inscribed to creating another soda-based tequila cocktail, the Batanga Coca-Cola tequila and lime juice, it's like the, the Cuba Libre without... Like the Cuba Libre, the Cuba,
2: it, it's Cuba Libre <laughs> minus the rum.
3: Yeah, and sub sub tequila. That
2: sounds. The story kind of
3: seems plausible. I thought that said
2: batarang at first. Batarang, which Batong- should be a drink.
0: Batanga sounds just as fun though.
2: Let's do this. Battering feels like it's going to come back on you. Yeah,
3: every single... This is going to come back. The Paloma is going to come back on me. <laughs> According to various sources, bartender Evan Harrison was the first to introduce the Paloma to a U.S. audience with a I was pamphlet... Say,
2: that name is a lot less impressive. Yeah, yeah. it's true.
3: Uh, with popular cocktails of the Rio Grande. Or is it Rio Grande? Referring to the region in Texas where mass grapefruit pr- pr- production has given the citrus the title The Pride of the Rio Grande Valley. Despite the popularity of the Paloma in Mexico, the state's noted history of Americanizing Mexican food and drink, and the fact what the United States probably is what I meant to put in there. Uh, the United States noted history of Americanizing Mexican food and drink, and the fact that the U.S. outranks Mexico in grapefruit production by half a million tons each year. Wow. The cocktail has not enjoyed the same mainstream success north of the border that the margarita has. Many believe that the grapefruit pairs better with lime than pairs better than lime with tequila, making the palomas underrepresentation on bar menus in the states even more puzzling. Hmm. Even though the paloma has not reached the same status as the margarita, it is a very popular drink in grapefruit abundant Texas. I'm going to let Bob when we get to what we're drinking. Bob's going to describe the paloma to you because I think that's his favorite out of the two that we've been drinking tonight. I mean, it's fair. Yeah. Uh the original tequila sunrise contained tequila, cream de cassis, mm-hmm. lime juice and mm-hmm. soda water and was served at the Arizona Biltmore Hotel. Long way from uh <laughs> Asheville North Carolina.
1: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
3: So in the Arizona Biltmore, it was created by Gene Sullet in the 1930s or 1940s. The more popular modern version, however, of the cocktail contains tequila, orange juice, and grenadine. Very simple. It was created by Lobby, sorry, Bobby Lozoff and Billy Rice in the early 1970s while working as young bartenders at the Trident in Sausalito in California, north of San Francisco. In 1972, a private party at the Trident, organized by Billy Graham, no, sorry, wait, that's Bill Graham, to (laughs) kick off the Rolling Stones' 1972 tour in America, Mick Jagger had one of the cocktails. He liked it, and he and his entourage started drinking them. They later ordered them all across America, even even dubbing the tour itself the Cocaine and Tequila Sunrise Tour. That sounds about right. (laughs) That is perfect for those folks. Yep. At the time, the Trident was the largest outlet for tequila in the United States. And in 1973, Jose Cuervo (laughs) picked up a new drink, uh, picked up the new drink as a marketing opportunity and put the recipe for the drink on the back of their bottles of tequila. They promoted it in other ways also. Later that same year, the Eagles recorded a song called Tequila Sunrise for the Desperado album, and the drink was soaring in Yeah, but they
1: weren't... Like, Desperado!
3: <laughs> that we know of. I'm the only one who that uh, one up. I think it mostly just came from the fact
2: that... <laughs> it was just they, popular. Well, they drink a lot.
3: <laughs> <laughs> the way it goes for rock star types. Mm -hmm. Though in Mexico, the best way to enjoy tequila may be neat with some sort of citrus juice chaser. The American way to drink tequila is shots. Shots! Shots!
0: Shots! 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 Because we just can't enjoy
3: things. (laughs) (laughs) Most tequila drinkers prefer training wheels, which refers to a shake of salt on the hand and a lime wedge held at the ready. The proper etiquette is to say, uh, the etiquette says to lick, shoot, suck referring to licking the salt off your hand shooting the tequila and then sucking on
2: the line
1: let's try that
2: i mean that seems say? that seems unfortunate why should you why should you pull out a gun in the middle of a bar and <laughs> shoot a bottle of tequila
1: exactly it's just terrible all right so this is leading us to our tequila tasting. I wish we had a sounder for this.
0: Should we just do the, like what we're drinking? Or? Yeah, just, uh,
1: this is yeah, this is what we've been drinking. So let's just roll into it. Drink with me, friend. Although there's nothing carbonated about this.
3: We just finished off the bottle of tequila.
2: <laughs> with the pores for
1: yeah, for the almost, what we're drinking
3: is the last two little small pores. Mine's
1: about halfway through. So. To just be me pulling pulling the weight. I, I feel accomplished.
0: <laughs> and you will also feel sad.
1: I will in the morning. <laughs> Tomorrow,
3: definitely. Tomorrow's, we still have a bottle of 1800 back here, too.
1: Tomorrow's not oh. going to be fun.
3: And Jose Cuervo, but that's not real tequila. All
1: no. right. So we have been drinking uh, in... I know <laughs> I've been switching between mixed drinks and straight throughout two episodes. Uh, drinking El Espalón. Uh, tequila reposado so so
3: this one was uh, it was kind of funny cuz Chris and I were picking up the same exact tequila minutes apart yeah. and we didn't
1: know it yeah that was great so i was i was originally going to go with uh, casa amigos because i was like you know what we've uh, talked about too. It. we, we talked about it on the show Just... and i looked up some guides and i was like you know I'm really not looking to break the bank and the casa amigos is like it's 45
3: 50. bucks yeah it's
1: expensive and not what I was looking to spend, really. And then I looked at some guides. It was like, no, like great tequilas for fifty and under. And this one popped up, and I was like, that sounds pretty good. I'll go for the. How much rep you pay episode. for it? Uh, I paid twenty.
0: It was on sale. Twenty.
3: Yeah. So did, Mine was too. That was the reason I bought it. Was it was twenty one bucks?
1: Yeah, it was yeah. on sale, so I was like, <laughs> I'm going with that one. Yeah. Plus the label's Absolutely. awesome. Really cool label and a pretty pretty great bottle. Oh, yeah. yeah. TBH. TBH. It's a great bottle. So, uh, they do four kinds, if you go to their website, uh, of Mm -hmm. tequila, because there are only three kinds on the shelf.
0: Yeah.
1: They do a Blanco, a Reposado, and, uh... Añejo. Añejo. And then they do a, like, extra Añejo that's in a solid black bottle. Oh. That's gotta be a special release. And, uh... It seems like it was coming up on a number of guides for if you're looking for a really good tequila at a decent price, which I'm always looking for liquors at a decent price, uh, looking for that quality for the price, you know, the value.
3: Value liquors.
1: Yes. So this is a 100% Blue Weber Agave, and this is from the company. Our tequila reposado starts off life as a Blanco. It's then rested in lightly charred New American oak barrels. To create a more complex and well-rounded character, uh, uniquely espalon. This one be- uh, begs to be shared in cocktails that deserve even greater tequila character. Uh, one of the notes on this one that I would found online, I don't think they say it anywhere on here, is uh, most Reposados are only aged like, what, three months? And this one is aged about six months in the barrel. So it spends a bit longer than most reposados in the barrel.
0: Um, okay, I have to. So uh, first of all, so we were talking about the label because it's awesome. I love the Day of the Dead art so much. Uh, okay. I did not realize that they had a marketing campaign with Deadpool 2. <laughs> 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 I'm on their website and like down here, there's like a bunch of like basically Instagram posts and stuff, and it's just Deadpool on like. These weird classic things with, like, the Espelon bottle in the corner. I, I, oh, gosh. <laughs> so I was, like, really, no one really surprised we hadn't seen this before.
1: All right. So uh, we're going to dive into this. Do you guys have your straight Espelon Yeah,
2: A little bit record? here. Indeed.
1: So okay. they've, they've been shooting this whole time. So, like. so uh, <laughs> Well,
2: not the whole time.
3: Well, like, at the start of most episodes. Yeah. So
1: it's saying your color should be a rich golden hue. I do not get a rich golden hue I get a very watery kind of yeah. mine's completely clear yeah it mine's looks r-
0: golden in the bottle
1: but when you pour it yeah like... you, right when you pour <laughs> it it you get you're kind of looking at it going I don't know there might be some coloration there you can tell there's like so, some light very light barrel color well thing. let me
3: let me tell you the color that I'm getting right here you know when you go through McDonald's <laughs> and you get a Coke uh-huh. And you drink the Coke all the way to the bottom. Uh-huh. And then that Coke sits it's in your in car, car, car and for and a few days. Melts. And the ice melts.
2: Or, you know, a couple hours. Yeah.
3: That's <laughs> the color that I'm getting. Yeah. The ice-melty Coca-Cola water after you've drank all the Coke.
1: Okay. Right. Well, and then
2: you've drank most of the water.
1: Yeah. Well, all right. Let's move on to the nose. We're not really meeting... Apparently <laughs> he
2: didn't like my color description.
1: <laughs> no, no. It's it's straight on. That's what I'm like, yeah, they, they're wrong. What they say... <laughs> For the color on this one <laughs> is not correct.
3: And I'll, actually, I did see two bottles sitting on the shelf that I knew were from two different time periods because one had an actual sticker price on it and nothing else in the store had a sticker price. So I knew that this was a oh. uh, an older bottle that had sit on the shelf and it was much darker than the one that I picked up.
1: Gotcha. So
3: they may have changed here in the past few months.
1: So, okay, your nose, let's dig in here a little bit. It should be spicy with a hint of caramel fudge. Mm, fudge. Okay. I get caramel. I like
3: the fudge idea.
1: I get caramel okay. I and kind of candied.
2: Yeah, I could kind of see that.
3: I'm definitely getting the, um, not the tequila style, but the the vodka-esque ethanol.
1: Yes. Aroma. Yeah. Very corny.
0: I did smell it yesterday when you got the bottle. Like, and it, I definitely got a sweetness smell, like a, definitely caramel-y, but it, you also have that, that, uh, uh, ethanol is probably the nicer word It to is, say a, you, very
1: corn.
3: <laughs> yeah, which is interesting, because there's no corn in this at all. It's just all probably from the barrel.
1: Yeah, it's, it's a, you fooled barrels. me on that one. All right, so let's dig in on your taste. So uh, they're saying we're going to get a bold, round palate, medium to full-bodied with a rich roasted agave, sweet tropical fruit, vanilla, and brown spices, and a long, this tastes, long, spicy finish.
2: This tastes much different after we've let it set out for a while. Mm-hmm. So we've done some of our shots for it. Uh, it's been like just straight from the bottle, bottle into glass, into yep, mouth. Straight. And it... It, and that, it was like – the first thing I said was like, wow, that's like water. That yeah. goes down smooth and it's, it's – let it sit a bit. Let it breathe a bit. Oxidizing just a shade. Brings out a whole lot of those flavors actually. The, the
3: tropical flavor for me turns into almost a the, – the closest thing I can compare it to, and it's kind of an odd one, is when you get fresh, really hot peppers – Like habaneros and Mm. like the the moruga peppers and those. They've got this fruitiness to them that is unlike any other tropical fruit that I've had. And that's what I'm getting is that fruit flavor from that side.
2: It's uh, that fruit flavor makes it work real good in Palomas.
3: Mm. You had that grapefruit in there. Mm
1: Yeah. So I got to say, I get a definite uh, like shaved coconut quality.
3: In this. I'm getting vanilla at the back end and brown sugar.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Although I can see where you're coming from with a bit of that coconut and that that like dessert coconutty yeah. kind of thing.
1: I gotta say I don't get the long spicy finish that they are uh, claiming. Uh, I'm
2: getting some spice.
3: It's I, I get a little. <laughs> it's got some spicy burn. I get <laughs> well, some
1: it's... light spice. I do not get long spice or not what I would quantify as long spicy mm. finish.
3: It's no, uh, it's no rye, but but it's it's got some.
1: It's it's no E H Taylor, but there's a little something (laughs) in there. Okay, so uh, awards. This is an award-winning tequila. uh, Took gold medal at the 2011 San Francisco World Spirits Award. Uh, It was a finalist in the 2014 Ultimate Spirits Challenge. Uh, took silver. That
2: just something like really fun fighting match. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Ultimate, <laughs> ultimate spirits, spirits challenge.
1: <laughs> took silver at the 2016 San Francisco World Spirits Awards. Took bronze at the 2016 International Wine and Spirits Competition, and silver outstanding medal at the 2013 International Wine and Spirits Competition.
2: I was really hoping they were all going to be in the same competition. It took like gold, silver, and bronze. <laughs> they went no. This is the best
1: three places. <laughs> all of it. all of it. Yeah. So this is, I've got to say, uh, a pretty, pretty nice tequila. I was pretty frightened. Pretty good. Pretty, pretty good. Yeah, it's From really that. good. And that's kind of the reason. <laughs> Ironically, we ended up with the same one. I'm guessing for probably the same reasons. Because we're looking for something that would go really good with some mixed stuff. And would stand on its own two legs pretty well for some sipping.
3: This, I knew I knew two things when I went in there. I wanted something that was cheap.
1: And cheap. And
3: was a good reposado. I knew I wanted a reposado. That was the only thing I knew that I wanted as far as tequila goes. I didn't want a silver because I wanted a little bit of barrel character. But whenever I got in there and saw that there was this tequila that had been marked down from 28 bucks down to 20 bucks or twenty one bucks, whatever it was, um, that was my okay. This is this is what we need to go to. And I've seen Espalon on a lot of high-end tequila bars mm-hmm. as their – this is our regular everyday mixer. This is the one that we use for our, our house margaritas. But these are tequila bars that don't make crappy margaritas to begin yeah. with.
1: Mm-hmm. These tequila yeah, as bars someone who that had to make not, crappy margaritas for a living. <laughs> these are tequila bars that do not carry Jose Cuervo at all. Exactly. They, they just don't even carry it. <laughs> so, and
2: if you ask for it, you are laughed out.
1: Yeah, uh, so I have actually greatly enjoyed this. Uh, this this
2: th- is this has helped change my opinion on tequila.
1: I wanted to get their uh, Añejo.
2: <laughs> At least till tomorrow.
1: Yeah, I wanted <laughs> to get the Añejo. I might still, uh, after this bottle's gone, get their Añejo. But this has been great. And so mixer-wise, what have you all been doing with it? same thing Mm. you
2: have (laughs) well we spent most of the night with uh palomas yeah
1: that's where i've been dumping (laughs) limes and grapefruits into this bad boy um
2: which i've not had a paloma before and
1: it is damn delicious (laughs) it is
2: it's real good um like someone was like oh you know like maybe limes go better with with uh with tequila no no grapefruit, grapefruit makes it. A, I don't even like grapefruit all that much. Like I don't like grapefruit juice, especially. So this being uh, two things that I don't care for that much, for me to have enjoyed this much this whole night. That's yeah. No, yeah. Paloma's was really good.
3: I have to agree. Uh, Paloma would be my favorite cocktail. Yeah, I don't know that, how a cocktail, but it's—I mean, tequila cocktail, tequila cocktail, oh, yes. yeah, even more so than the tequila sunrise, which is basically just sugar and uh, and tequila.
2: Yeah, well, you know, tequila sunrise is to get the bit of that hair of the dog that bit you. That's
3: true. Mm-hmm.
0: It's got There's orange food. juice.
3: We didn't talk about the screw. Well, screwdrivers, uh, screwdrivers, vodka, just, isn't it? Yeah. Okay. Never oh. mind. That's the reason we didn't talk about it.
0: That that one sounded tasty to me. The tequila, lime, and Coca Cola.
2: Which so we were just, saying is like it's not just a Cuba the minus the yep, so, minus the rum. So Brittany,
1: so, what have you been drinking? Because <laughs> you've been drinking quasi to style.
0: Yeah, uh, emphasis on the <laughs> quasi. Uh, I she's been drinking a
2: Paloma too. Yeah.
0: <laughs> I actually, that, it smelled amazing, so I was like, damn it. <laughs> uh, but I. <laughs>
2: so you were just sitting there resenting your pregnancy.
0: <laughs> Sometimes, uh, but I. <laughs> Well, okay. I've been on a kick lately, like a craving sort of thing, I guess, for straight, like just cola, and um, straight I straight liquor, yeah, straight, straight liquor. Uh, <laughs> but like a, just a just a just cola. What's some whiskey? And uh, so I got um the Mexican Coke. Hmm. Um, me- for, for anybody who doesn't know, the Mexican um Coca Cola is in the old style, like glass bottle and it is made with real sugar instead of high-fructose corn syrup. Um, I found it funny. Sugar.
2: They sell the... the, the I was I was in Walmart. Someone had bought one they would already checked out, and they were trying to get it open. Like, like <sighs> I can't open this. And like they were trying to do it with their teeth. Oh, oh God.
1: God. And no. I just
2: reach over. Like, no, 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 no. And I grabbed my, my my wallet bottle oh. opener, and I went, there you go. Yeah, Enjoy. It, it is not a twist save, off. Save which... your dental health.
0: Yeah, that, that's the thing with the Coca-Cola glass bottles. If it, if you get them in a pack or like the this Mexican Coke version, it is not a twist off. It is just like straight up like you need to have a bottle opener. Um think old world it should honey. be. Yeah. Exactly. Uh but so and he had um so the limes, I got 2 for a dollar at Kroger for his uh, so I just got two for jacking his drink. My limes. Yeah. So she
2: tossing them in her Coke like jab or something. Actually,
0: yes. Lime and Coca-Cola are amazing together. So I put put
2: the lime in the Coca-Cola and drink them both
0: up. Indeed. Uh, But yeah, I squeezed a a fresh lime juice in my Mexican
1: Coke and it was fantastic. You you put the lime Mm. and the grapefruit in your tequila and club soda and you drink them all up.
3: (laughs) Bob did call me out earlier, though, and I appreciate it. Because here I was, I was making a margarita and I had lime juice and tequila and simple syrup and ice and stir them all up together. And he was like, you going to put any uh, orange in there?
2: You got to put a little triple sec of yeah.
3: some kind. Oh. And I was like, you're right. I forgot about it totally. So I had to run downstairs and get some more, some triple sec and, and get that in there. I was like, I totally forgot that that was an ingredient. I can't
2: forget that. Yeah.
0: Now, did you guys, based on the description that was in the, uh, in the doc, uh, on your uh, Paloma, did you have actual sugar in yours, or did ACU
3: you use- mixed up? I actually made syrup. a simple syrup, so it was half sugar. It was a heavy simple syrup, so it was two parts sugar, one part water. So
1: okay. I've been using. Uh, I uh, it was on the recipe he found. Yeah, the recipe I found was using uh, agave nectar instead of ah. sugar. So I've been using the uh, organic agave in the raw. Well, hey. look at you.
3: And Haven't now you I've got
1: well? the rest of expenses. this like okay. <laughs> agave syrup that I'm like, you know, like what? six
3: dollars for eight ounces or something, uh, yeah, right? I'm yeah, yeah, like, I mean,
1: like so it was like five ish. So like six We need to make some waffles. Molecule. We need to make some waffles or pancakes. They're going to be effing delicious with this over them. I mean, you you know, guys,
2: one day we're going to make waffles with Frangelico, right?
1: It's going to happen gonna stay open night i'll make them in the morning
2: <laughs> i
3: gotta I got stuff in the morning <laughs> um the agave nectar is made in very much the same way as you start to make tequila it's just that you don't ferment ferment it, it. you
0: okay. just get all that sugar yeah well, I guess that works out. It is used as a sugar substitute in a lot of baking and stuff like that. So actually, right. you know, it's not the worst thing to have some. <laughs> it's it's a
3: fructose for all intents and purposes. It's a fructose. And so yeah, yeah. it's the same thing. It's a actually sweeter than sucrose is. Um, it's hmm. on the sh- sweeter end of sugars. And so it's kind of nice to have that. It's going to be on that end of high fructose corn syrup isn't super sweet. That's the reason you got to use a lot of it. That's the reason it's kind of bad for you is because you're using a ton of it to make it work. Um, Whereas fructose is on the super, almost artificially sweet side of sweeteners. (laughs) So um, it's it's your body just thinks, this is really sweet, molecule for molecule.
1: Okay, Mm. guys, we've done everything the way we're supposed to, except exactly what Casey ended the topic with. So everyone needs to go ahead and give you, give the back your hand a little lick and get a little wet oh, and get some salt on there. I
2: ran out of my tequila.
1: You all have got more tequila. Casey Say, said it. K- Casey did it. We've all got to do. That's
2: follow- what I've been doing all night. Yeah, he's been keeping this up. He's done. He's done my training wheels for me.
1: Well, we're doing another training wheels. That's how. That's how. By this the way, ends. have you
2: guys seen the uh, Casey's the eighteen hundred balls? Reminded me. Have you seen the eighteen hundred bottles that have like their own? Shot pour in the top. No, it, they had it a few years ago. You could turn it upside down; it would collect. Oh, in a clear, like plastic square, <laughs> the the stuff that you needed, and yeah, you just I've
0: seen
1: it. Turn it was it back like over. own shot glass. Yeah. it makes out. its own
0: gravy. <laughs> so it's like Pretty that. Uh, there was a mouthwash that kind of did that same thing, where you turn it over and it would just squirt like in th- the
1: top of it. Yeah. Okay. Come on, the two of you ready? Uh, wait, 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 wait,
3: wait. Let's let's do the sign off, and then as we're we're doing our sign off, there we go. We can do it.
1: So you got limes ready?
3: Oh yeah, we, we definitely have limes
1: ready. I salt? cut an
3: entire lime and had it sliced up ready to go. When I, we say, got I yeah, I had
1: a whole lime that I've been powering through for two episodes, and I have one tiny wedge left. Casey.
3: you can visit us at haveadrinkshow.com for useful links and info about us if you really want to know that kind of stuff also look for us at
2: haveadrinkshow on social media and
3: twitch.tv
2: don't forget you can tell us your favorite drink ask a question or just leave some general feedback you can use the email address feedback at haveadrinkshow.com you can also use the feedback page on the website or you know smoke signals carrier pigeons um, creative farting
1: Oh. feels a bit uh hypocritical to be saying this right now but all joking and fun <laughs> fun aside guys like remind everyone please drink responsibly you
0: are well, being responsible you are at home you don't have to drive anywhere or go anywhere else you know all right okay so uh you guys want to do that first or just we... after we... we're gonna do okay. it after
2: our name go gotcha. for it
0: so um check out Next Saturday for our next live episode, and remember to check out, of course, patreon.com/slash have a drink show. Once again, I'm Brittany Lee Walker.
1: <laughs> I'm Justin Fraser. <laughs> I'm Christopher Walker.
3: And hey, I'm Casey We'll see you next time. Fun <laughs> Bye! <laughs> 1800s doesn't like that. Nothing like it.
1: That's the big one. Diamond Club hopes you have enjoyed this program. <laughs> Tastes like sand.